Please pray with me as we prepare to hear God's word read and then uh, he will speak through me through our sermon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for King David, who you inspired and led and told what to write in his Psalms, how he lived his life seeking you, yet the sin in his life uh, change many things, gives us plenty of examples to learn from. But today, Lord, we, we see in your Psalm 145 that you are worthy of praise. And we ask now that you open our hearts and minds to your word, to my preaching. Speak to us through each and open our hearts to understand the reasons why even more we should praise you each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's fair to say that everyone here in their, has somebody in their life that they greatly admire and respect. It might be a musician, it might be a writer, maybe a preacher, an athlete, or a mentor, or a teacher. But we'll see today in our scripture reading that no one compares with God and his greatness. David the psalmist provides us a clear understanding how he felt about God and his promises and his provisions. We're reading from uh, Psalm 145. It's found in your pew Bible on page 446. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his works and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are failing and falling, and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open their hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Psalm 145 is the last of David's psalms, and it's a hymn to God, our great Father and great King, for his mighty acts and benevolent virtues, which are the glory of his kingly rule. It fully exploits the traditional language of praise 
and as an alphabetic acrostic in Hebrew, reflects the cares of study composition. Having gone through many psalms this year in our sermon series, especially psalms written by David, we can expect to see his last psalm focusing on God's greatness and lifting up his utmost praise. This psalm expresses all David had learned about God during his lifetime of following after the Lord Almighty. If you take a look at your bulletin on the back, we have an outline that if you'd like to follow along. Uh, three main points, a promise to praise God, why praise the Lord, and a call to praise the Lord. A promise to praise God. David writes, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. To extol is to praise highly. David, the earthly king of Israel, adores God, who is his almighty king. He blesses God's name, giving him praise with personal affection. This becomes an easier exercise as we grow in our walk with God and grow in his grace. From Psalm 99.5, we see God being praised and lifted up to his rightful place. Exalt the Lord our God, worship at his footstool. Holy is he. God did... God did not want to be praised just when it was necessary. David realized that he needed to praise God all the time. David wants to praise the Lord every day and bless him forever and ever. It's a reminder for each of us as well that we should praise God each and every day forever and ever. The psalmist praised God in Psalm 98.6 with trumpets and the sound of the horn make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. In Psalm 146, 2, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Every day, God sends unnumbered blessings to his children. There's every reason to praise him each and every day. So why should we praise the Lord? Well, the first thing that David realizes that the Lord is great. Great is the Lord and great to, greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your goodness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Worship should be like its object, great praise for a great God and King. There's nothing on earth that can match God's unfathomable riches of grace, glory, and power. His goodness and mercy are universal and abundant. Job understood this in his reply to one of his friend's counsel during his trials found in Job 5. As for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable marvelous things without number. People of faith seek God and his goodness, no matter the situation they face. Isaiah also shares this attitude from Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. We are called to, all, to recount all of God's great mighty acts of deliverance and blessing from generation to generation. Hezekiah, king of Judah, shares this after he'd been sick and is recovered from Isaiah 38. The living, the living, he thanks you. 
as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. In verse 5 from Psalm 145, we see how David the king speaks of God's majesty as the king of kings. We often have trouble expressing God's attributes in words that truly describe his greatness. Yet, we are called to do so. David lifts up God's awesome deeds, naming a few, including the flood and Noah, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction of Pharaoh's armies at the Red Sea crossing. From man's perspective, these acts are horrific. But David regards them as mighty deeds of God. The psalmist in Psalm 78 shares this in his call to tell this coming generations. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my father, of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter darkness, dark sayings from the old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Father and his might and the wonders that he has done. The Lord's redeemed people, having been filled with his good, great goodness, shall retain the happy recollection of it and shall be moved then to share these recollections. God's righteousness is to be the theme of our song. Singing is a fitting way to render praise to God. Our hearts and voices should be lifted up to the heavenly King in our holy scripture and hymns. The reading of his word and sharing is also another way to praise God as shown by Isaiah in Isaiah 63. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. So why should we praise the Lord? We should praise the Lord because he is great. We should also praise the Lord because he is gracious. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he, over all that he has made. All your works shall give you thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. As God revealed himself to Moses and to David, he reveals himself to us today as a God who is full of mercy and grace. Hear how the different psalmists express this in the following verses. From Psalm 86. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. From Psalm 100. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Some of God's works praise him by their being, and others by their well-being. Some are there by mere existence, and others by their hearty expression of faith. Again, the psalmist shared this expression of faith from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. From Psalm 103. Bless the Lord in all his works, in all his places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Only saints or holy ones will bless or praise the Lord with reverence. 
We praise the Lord because of his works around us. We must go on to bless him for his works within us. We can only do this through God's grace and mercy, his gift of salvation and righteousness. The psalmist from 132 includes this praise. Let your priests be clothed, clothed in righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. Her priests I will clothe with salvation and her saints I will shout, join to shout for joy. The glorious deeds of God are to be declared to all the world. This responsibility rests upon his people, including each of us. From Psalm 105, we hear, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds amongst the people. And from Psalm 150, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his great excellence. David also reminds us that the Lord never gives up his throne. Earthly kings and rulers may come and go, but the Lord God, the King of the universe, never changes. The continuity of the kingdom of God stands out in contrast to the transitory nature of the kingdoms of this world. From Psalm 10, the king is forever and ever. The nations shall perish from this land. So why praise the Lord? The Lord is great. The Lord is gracious, and the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. In his commentary from Psalm 145, James Montgomery Boyce writes this, How does God demonstrate his faithfulness? He does it by keeping his promises and by caring for his creation. When we fall, he lifts us up. When we are bowed down by distress, he restores us. When we are hungry, he provides food. When we look to him with open hands, empty and held out, he satisfies us with good things. God does this for human beings, of course, but what the psalmist seems to be thinking of here most is that the faithfulness of God, even to the animal kingdom, because he stresses in all his works and every living thing. So it's very likely that one of the promises from this verse in this section refers to God's promise following uh, the flood and to Noah, never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. This is a great promise that we have that God has made to the world, but the promises of God to his redeemed people to us are even greater. What the animals need from God is food and shelter. Men and women need many things, but what we need most of all is God himself. God promises to give himself if we come to him through Jesus Christ. Then he also meets every other need and desire that we have. Paul testifies from Philippians 4, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we understand that we are to praise God because the Lord is good, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is faithful, and the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. 
He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all who the wicked he will destroy. God's ways and works in every case are righteous and holy, worthy to be praised. In the salvation of his people, he is righteous and holy, as in any other of his ways and works. He has not manifested mercy at the expense of justice, but rather he has magnified his righteousness by the death of his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord does not leave us alone to battle the ways of this world. He is always at our side. He is always with us. These verses help us remember this from Psalm 34. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. From Psalm 119. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. And also from Deuteronomy 4. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God to us whenever we call upon him? As Jesus met with a woman at the well in Samaria from the Gospel of John, he tells her, But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will follow, worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. To worship in spirit and truth, we must have a true heart and the truth in our hearts. Then we must be humble for pride is a falsehood. Be earnest, or else your prayers and lies, or, or worship are lies. God has no problem satisfying the desires of the hearts of the holy and the righteous. He is always listening to the cries of his children, like a mother who's drawn to the cry of her child. In Proverbs 10, we hear, What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. John chapter 9, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Those who love the Lord are preserved by him. He watches over them. Throughout our lives, God alone shows himself to be a good, caring, saving, and preserving God. Psalm 97 tells us this, O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. So we see why we should praise the Lord. The Lord is great, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is faithful, and the Lord is righteous. So David ends this section, this chapter, with a call to praise God. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. We are called to praise the Lord. David, in this short psalm, has given us many reasons why we should praise God and why we should not be silent in expressing this praise. From Ephesians 1, Paul also reminds us of the spiritual blessings we have from God in his Son, Jesus Christ. Let me read that again for us, even with Jim's reading earlier. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chooses us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be, the, be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. As Paul tells us, we have many, many blessings in Christ Jesus. We are called then to join together to praise and glorify our Lord, the great King. Psalm 150 ends with this fitting closure. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessings that we receive through your son, Jesus Christ, in your providence. You sent him to die for each of us as if we were the only ones here. We ask that you continue to grow in us, walk with us, give us hearts that praise you each and every day forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.